welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. Open up our Bibles to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 20, and then we're also going to flip over our Bibles, and we're going to look at the book of Proverbs chapter 15, Exodus 20, 12, Proverbs 15, 20. This is a message here for mothers about honoring your mother. Today is Mother's Day, as we just recognize all of our mamas, and we want to see what the Bible says about what it means to honor our parents and honor our mother, particularly with that. So you also have a, if you have a bulletin, you want to pull out that, I'll be referencing our bulletin notes with that. We're going to see here in our Bibles, here in Exodus chapter 20, what we would call the fifth commandment. God gave us ten commandments, and right in the middle, number five, is the fifth commandment. And what's interesting about this commandment, it is the only commandment that includes a promise. And the promise is one that applies to all of us. It applies that we can live a long life, and we can live a long life in the land. You know, one of the blessings from the Lord is what He has given us is He created three institutions. The institution of the family, which came in Genesis 2.24. The institution of government, which came when Noah and his family came off the ark. That's the institution of government. That's our second institution. And then when we get to Matthew chapter 16, we see the institution of the church. So family, government, and church were all created by the Lord. Those are the only businesses that he created, the only institutions. Everything else is essentially man-made. But those three institutions were created by the Lord, and they all have purpose in them. And the first and the foremost of all three of those institutions is the family. In the very beginning of our Bible, in the book of Genesis, we see God creating a family. It is God's will for little children to grow up in church, to come to church here, or church wherever they teach about the Lord and teach about Jesus and teach the Bible and learn about the Lord, learn the Bible stories about the Lord, to grow up and get saved. And then those little children who gave their lives to Jesus at a young age, who learned their Bibles right here that we teach from every single Sunday right here, they will then grow up, they will get married, and they'll have little babies at their house. And what will they do? They will also teach the Bible teach about the Lord, teach about salvation, Jesus, with their children. This is the cycle of life. This is what God wants for people to do. Little children grow up, learn about the Lord, they have babies, and they teach their children about the Lord. You teach your grandchildren, your grandchildren. This is God's plan. That's why it is so important for children, for young people, for teenagers, for college students, to make sure they are at church every Sunday and Wednesday, the opportunity to learn about the Lord. And we're going to see here in the Bible where it shows us that we are to do that. And when you do that, this one commandment with the promise, it actually says God will give you a long life in the land you live in. Now, if you live in a culture, if you live in a society that has very disrespectful and disobedient to parents, you won't have much of a future in that land and the reason why if you have wild children raising themselves doing whatever in the community disrespecting their parents running amok then they are going to grow up and they will just destroy the country because you have wild children all over the place 
And if you aren't careful, that will happen to any and every country, including our own country. So in many ways, you look at many of the so-called problems with America, it really begins at home. I mean, you've got, if children do not learn about the Lord, do not learn about honor, do not learn about how to be saved, and they do not know what the Bible says about how to live their life, and mom and dad aren't teaching them these truths, you know, it's, uh, what else can you expect? This is what you, you end up with. You have children who do not know. At our, at our house, uh, we try to create our home as a home that people are invited to. Um, those people would be children, by the way. So what I mean by that is since we have four children, we want people to come to our house, the little, little people in play. So there's several techniques you can do this. Neighborhood children come to our house. But you have to understand, neighborhood children never come in your house. So you have to create an outside environment that you want people to come. So the best way to do that is if you build a swing and put it on your front tree, which we have, and it's open to anyone. So all sorts of people are swinging on our, our swing right now, probably even right now. Sadly, people are actually swinging on our tree. Tree swing, that's not uncommon. We get them home and people are in our front yard playing when we get there. So you do that, and you also, in our, in our um, backyard, a uh, fence is always open. That means children can come in, and all the animals get out as well. And also, uh, we have a trampoline. So you create an outside environment, and people will come and play at your house, and you give away free food. And you'll get all sorts of folks with that. I share that because yesterday, we had the whole neighborhood at our house playing with Esther. And one young girl, she's nine years old, Esther was inviting her to church, inviting her to Wednesday night, inviting her to VBS. And the little girl, and this is a new little child, I don't really know her very well. The little girl told us that she was non, this is the exact word she used, she was non-religious. She used that word, I'm thinking non-religious. When I was nine years old, I didn't even know what the word non-religious even meant. Like who uses the word, what nine-year-old goes around saying, I'm non-religious? So, but this little child said that is a description. And I thought about that. You think about that. That is sad. Who taught that girl? Who told this child that she was non-religious? And she told us that no one in her family except her mother is a Christian. And apparently she kind of indicated that she came from a broken home and she lived with her dad and none of them were Christian. And she was non, non-religious. She said, I live in a non-religious house. Only my mother's a Christian. But I don't live for her. That's what she said. And you hear a story such as that. And folks, that is our city we live in right here in Lexington. We are surrounded by communities, by children, by a generation growing up who, who proudly says they're non-religious and doesn't know any better. This child does not know about Jesus. This child does not know about the Ten Commandments. She does not know about the ways of the Lord that we as parents and as grandparents are supposed to be teaching our children. So I sh- when I read this story here about honoring your father and your mother, just keep in mind this is something that is not just something we do that's very practical. We do this by honoring our parents. We also honor the Lord. And we'll show you all that. So Genesis, or I'm sorry, not Genesis, Exodus chapter 20 Verse 12, the fifth commandment, here it is, honor your father and your mother. And here's the reason why. The only commandment with a promise, so that 
you may have a long life in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Honor your father and mother so that you may have a long life in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. We honor our, our fathers and mothers because God is telling us by honoring our parents, we also show respect and honor to the Lord. A person who goes around who is disobedient to their parents, who doesn't listen to what their mother and father says, who, then they will take those, if they are wild at the house, and anything mom and dad say, they just do the opposite, do not obey, then they will go to work, they will not honor or show any respect to their boss, they'll go to school, they won't show any respect whatsoever to their teacher, or his college, the faculty members, then they go to, um, uh, I mean, you go anywhere, any place in life that has a, a person, or go to church and they're disrespectful, anyone that has a person over them with this authority, they will show an attitude of disrespect. And then most importantly, that same person who cannot honor their father or mother will show a disrespectful attitude towards God because they have rejected their earthly parents. Folks, there is no good reason to ever show disrespect to your parents. What good does it do to make fun of mama? You, have, you, you were born into a family. It's not like she's going to change. She gave birth to you, or she adopted you. You can't change your parents. So I think a lot of us, we have to say, okay, Daniel, here it is, 2023. How do we honor our parents? We read about this Bible verse here, and it teaches us that we should honor our mother and father. But how does that apply? How do I implement that for something like today? And I'm reading this straight from the bulletin. Here it is. Here are practical ways we can honor our mothers today. Take the fifth commandment that was written thousands of years ago and actually apply it in 2023. Number one, you obey what your mother says the first time. I've said it before, slow obedience is no obedience. When mama asks you to do something, she doesn't mean next week or next month or next year or when you get around to it. She means now. When you are disrespectful to your mother and you are slow at obeying, you will be slow at obeying and disrespectful to God. That's why. That's why God told us to do this. Because he knows if you're going to treat your parents this bad, you'll likewise treat your heavenly father, who is absolutely perfect, just as bad. Number two, we remember our mothers. We remember her. When you go to the mall, bring mama with you. When you come to church, mama needs to come. When you make a phone call, include mother in that phone call. My hardest thing of adjusting, I think, to marriage. I've been married almost 19 years. And my hardest thing with this, after I met Sherry and we got married, I have a younger sister, and I'm one of those guys, I call mama once a week. Maybe once every two weeks. Miss Osmond, the lady I married, she called her mother and her sister, her youngest sister, every day. Every day. This was an adjustment to me. Every night we had to call Mama and Marcy. 
every single day this occurred. After about two or three weeks, I mean, we were living in New Orleans, and we had just been married. I said, Sherry, are you going to call your mother? Like, you moved here last night. Like, do we do this? Is this, this going to be a routine forever? Yes, it is. Going to 19 years, every day we call mama and do the daily rundown of everything we just did. I mean, we're talking about what we ate for dinner. We're talking about what clothes the kids wore to school. I mean, just nothing, nothing. Literally, that is literally what we tell mother. And I now have accepted this, and now I gladly, if Marcy or Regina call, I answer, and I even fill in her other things. But, you know, these are things. Sherry is showing honor to her mother, and I guess her sister too, by just call. this is what you do. You just call mama. She's remembering her. You know, this, for some of us, this can be a struggle because when you bring mama with you, you include her in your life. Number three, what, how do we honor our parents today? We speak positively about our mothers. If you ever hear someone criticizing their mother, folks, that is how they treat the Lord God too. What, there is no advantage whatsoever of criticizing mama. If mother is out of line, you need to pull her 101 privately and kindly say, Mom, have you considered this? What if we do this? Have we looked at this option over here? Privately, you do that 101. Publicly putting down your mother does not help anyone. It doesn't help you. No one looks at you and thinks, wow, he's a real star. He made fun of his mama. Not at all. We honor our mother with our speech. And that's why it's so important that we are speaking positively about them. Number four, last one, very practical ways. How do we honor our mother? We honor our mother by showing her respect just like we would show respect to anyone else in authority. And here's how we show that respect. When we're younger, we honor our parents and our mother by obeying them immediately. And when they're older, when we're older and our parents are older and you have an older mother, you honor your mother by caring for her. You provide care for her in her life. It's not neglect, it's care. So obedience and care is how we show that respect to our mother, whether we're young or whether we're old. The, the commandment of honoring our mother always applies. Look in the book of Proverbs right here. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 20. A wise son brings joy to his father. The Bible is making a contrast of children. There's going to be wise children, and then it says in verse 20 also, but a foolish man despises his mother. So children are either going to be wise or they're going to be foolish. And wisdom comes from God. God has chosen us to show wisdom and honor to our parents. When we are foolish and we make poor decisions, we actually bring shame upon our parents. And they are hurt by that. So, you know, when we think about hurtness for our parents, you think about going all the way back to the book of Genesis. I want to read a Bible verse here. You don't need to turn there. But in the, right after the Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, one of the first things God told Eve was actually 
about her punishment for disobeying the Lord. Adam's punishment was that the ground was going to be, had thorns and thistles, and he would have to work hard from the sweat of his brow all the days of his life. But then the Lord turned also to Eve. And he told Eve, he says, Eve, and this is Genesis 3.16, I will intensify your labor pains. You will bear children with painful effort. God is saying to Eve, Eve, it is going to be painful to be a mother. There is pain in motherhood today. Say, Pastor, what do you mean by that? What is this pain? Think about motherhood. It is painful, obviously, to give birth to children. Even with an epidural, it's still painful. There's, it's, 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 it's hurtful to give birth. And that is actually came from Genesis chapter 3. It came as a result of the fall. But think about what else applies to. Not just giving birth to children. It's painful to watch your children make foolish decisions. Sadly, children at some point will reject the teaching of their parents, their mother. And not only that, at some point too, children will actually reject the teachings of the Lord. Many of you have children. You have grandchildren. You are praying for them right now to get saved. They are not in church on Sunday morning. They are living in rebellion. There's a lady at 845 service this morning. I'm praying with. She has a grandson who is addicted to drugs. And she's praying for God to save him. I've talked to her about it. We've prayed together for it. And what it comes down to it, he needs the power of Jesus to set him free. Doesn't matter what grandma says. She can't do anything. He's not going to listen. Only the power of the gospel will redeem this young man. He has no desire right now to come to church. Grandma's here every single Sunday. She was here this morning praying daily for her grandson to get saved. She loves him, but she, he is under the grip of addiction and he's, he has been blinded to the truth. And it's painful as a mother or as a grandmother to watch your child, whom you gave birth to, whom you love, go down a road of rebellion against the Lord. So knowing, even when you rebel against the Lord, and you sin against the Lord, not only does it hurt the Lord, it also hurts your family. Your family is affected by your sin. And when a, when a child does not obey their mother or father, they are saying, Mom, I know best. Dad, I'm smarter than you. You're rejecting the very institution that God created for you. What else? How else is it painful? To be a mother today, it is painful for a child to grow up and you watch that child lose their innocence. You know, I think about that child that this week, yesterday, told us that she was non-religious. I want to say, who told you that? Where did you learn that word? Who would made that statement to a nine-year-old little third-grade girl, fourth-grade girl, that she's non-religious? I bet when she was five, she didn't know what that word meant. That meant something happened in her life. You talk to a four or five-year-old, and they talk about God all the time. They, they'll freely talk about the Lord. Then all of a sudden, they start getting older, nine, ten, eleven years old, and they don't talk about the Lord anymore. They become embarrassed to talk about Jesus. Church isn't cool anymore. Well, who told them that? They're losing their innocence. The Bible teaches us when we're our child, we are under what we call the age of accountability. But at some point, 
we realize that, what, that we have sinned and we realize that we are free and we can make foolish decisions. And young children, young teenagers, go down that road and start making those decisions. You can watch someone lose their innocence. This is why in many ways, good godly parenting is trying to shelter children as long as you can. Say, why, Pastor? Why would you want to shelter children? Because, listen, you can shelter them as much as you want to because it's just a matter of time till they get out, the world gets a hold of them. Because it's nearly impossible, or it is impossible, to shelter a child for forever. Because the world is so, such has such a pull on people's life, has such a negative influence on a young person's life, it will pull them away. It will, they'll lose their innocence. And it's sad for a mother to see the child that they grew up, you know, so innocent, so pure, and then they become an older elementary and in middle school, and now they're embarrassed. It's like they, they are losing who they used to be. And that's painful for parents and mothers particularly to watch that. It's painful to watch your children become independent. You wiped that little girl's hiney. You, you gave birth to her. You nursed her. She was an infant. You held her in your hand. Now she doesn't even want to speak to you anymore. And you watch say, I, get, I, I brought you into this world. How can you reject me? And, it, and as each stage through life, a child gets older and older, they pull away from their mother. I'm convinced, you know, some people, as they get older, they get, or I'm not convinced, I've, I've witnessed it, they get closer to their parents. It's like they the circle of life. You get older and realize, you know what? Mom and dad weren't that bad after all. I'm going to start involving them in everything. It's painful also, and this applies to some of you, to watch your children die. You say, what are you talking about, Pastor? Some of you here have buried a child. Think about Mary. Jesus was 33 years old when he died on that cross. She didn't know he was going to be resurrected. Even though Jesus spoke about it, they didn't understand. They didn't know. They were talking about resurrection in heaven. That he was going to live again down the road one day. They'd see each other in, in heaven. They didn't know and fully understand. In three days, he was walking out of that tomb, and they were going to be seeing him again here on earth. If you've ever buried a child, you know that's wrong because that's not the circle of life of what's supposed to happen in the birth order. Your parents aren't supposed to be burying their children. And it is painful. Uh, people who bury the children will tell you that is the hardest, most difficult thing you will ever do is to bury your child and see them pass away. But knowing that, is it painful for that part of motherhood? It's also painful to never have the ability for some people, some what ladies, to have children. I think about in our Bibles, in the book of Luke chapter 1, there was a lady named Zechariah, and her, Zechariah was husband, and then his wife was Elizabeth. The Bible says Elizabeth, they were elderly people, and they could not have children. God opened their womb in her old age, in Luke 1-7, and said, Elizabeth, you in your old age, you're going to have a child. And that was John the Baptist, the cousin of Jesus. But all those decades for Elizabeth's life, she was never a mother until God opened her womb. And I'm sure Mother's Day was painful for her. It was painful for her to go to the park and never see 
uh, never see her child playing on the swing set. She didn't have that. And we look at motherhood. We look how in the book of Genesis, motherhood is the most joyous, yet it's also in many ways the most painful thing you'll experience because you're watching your child grow up and just go through things in life and you can't always help them. You can't always guide them. They, in many ways, reject your teaching. So what for us as parents, for us as those who we have to honor our parents, we need to remember God told us to honor our father and mother because he knew if the way we treat our earthly parents, how can we tell mom and dad, I hate you, I'm not going to obey anything you say, I'm not even going to talk to you, We're not, I'll never call you on Mother's or Father's Day, but then we show up at church on Sunday and we're excited to worship the Lord. How can you be excited and honor your heavenly Father whom you've never seen? You won't see until you get to heaven, but you are disrespectful and dishonoring to your earthly mother and earthly father. God knew you honor Him by honoring your earthly parents. Then the Lord is actually honored because that is the institution of the family whom He created. So this morning I ask you, taking all this in, some of you here, maybe you don't have a great relationship with your mother. Maybe you don't call her very regularly. You don't see her much. You don't keep her filled in. God is likely and is speaking to you and saying, what good is it for you living a life with a broken, estranged relationship with mom? Because she probably doesn't want that. She wants to talk to, she wants her children. She raised you. What points are you winning? It doesn't honor the Lord. It doesn't honor her. No one's impressed with you if you if you have a broken relationship with mom, if you never speak to her. And God is speaking to you this morning. Maybe you have not been honoring your mother or your father. And you need to go this afternoon, and you pick up the phone or go visit her and say, Mom, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I did. I'm sorry for my neglect. I'm sorry for never remembering you. I'm sorry for the disrespectful attitude that I've had. It is a sin to dishonor your parents. Because why? That is also how you will treat the Lord. And God knows it. How can you honor your earthly parents? How can you dishonor your earthly parents and then honor the Lord in heaven? He's saying, you can't do it. People who love the Lord also love their parents. You say, Pastor, my home life was hard. And that's likely so. You say, my parents weren't the best. But you know, this is whom God, you can never change your parents. This is the family God puts you in. And you make the best of that situation, and you show the honor that only you can do it. You will never have another mother. You will never have another father. That relationship does not change. It doesn't evolve. It doesn't become something different. So we are called by the Lord. We want to be parents who teach our children about the Lord who teach our children the Ten Commandments, who teach our children how to be saved, who teach our children that we are raised in church on Sundays and on Wednesdays. And then we also want to be children who show that same respect that we were given, hopefully as a child, 
by honoring our father and mother. So our commandment today and our mission today here on Mother's Day is to take these words of honor and take them out and apply them in our life. But I want to tell you one of the best things too. Some of you here might have a mom or dad who are not saved. You've been born again. You've been saved. And you've got a parent who does not know Jesus. Now, could you imagine going to heaven? You go to heaven, and your parents are not there. That's because possibly you didn't share the gospel with them. If your parents do not know Jesus, your first and foremost thing you need to do is you need to go home and turn off TV and say, Mom, I want to read you John 3.16. I want to show you in the Bible where you can get saved. Mom, I'm praying for your salvation. Father, I want you to know you can live these latter years in your life for the Lord. You can get saved even as an old man, even as an old woman. Anyone can turn to the Lord. Some of us have family members. We have parents who are not living for Jesus. But you are, maybe someone else taught you about it, someone else brought you to church, someone else taught you about the Lord, and your responsibility now is to actually showing honor of them how they can be saved. What, what better way to honor your parents than by leading them to Christ? One of the greatest blessings, though, for us. You know, I was blessed, like many of you, to have moms and dads who brought us to church every time the doors were open. And you grew up in church because of the witness and the influence of your parents. In fact, we're about to have our opportunity to raise our hands here. If you got saved because you had godly parents who brought you to church, brought you to VBS, brought you to revival, allowed Bible time at the house where mom or dad would read you this book and teach you about the Lord, will you raise your hands? If you're saved, and that's because of that. Look at that. Most of the people here, their hands are up. For those of us who are saved, it's because of the influence of moms and dads. That's how we honor them. You just thank your parents because what? They taught you what is most important. And then what is most important? Jesus Christ. So we do, we show honor to our parents. And if you have parents who are not saved, you want to honor them by sharing the gospel and teaching them about the Lord. God, I pray for all the folks here this morning, this special Mother's Day. Lord, it is exciting to be able to honor our parents. We honor our mothers. We thank our mothers for teaching us about you. Lord, I want to pray for those that maybe have moms or dads who are not saved, who do not know you. And Lord, I pray that today, we will go and be intentional about sharing the gospel, letting our parents know that they need to, they have the opportunity to give their lives to you. Lord, I also pray for some of us that maybe we need to be reconciled with our parents. And we need to experience forgiveness and there's broken relationships. Lord, we don't need to go through life with a broken relationship with mom and dad. Lord, I pray this morning, this would be our time to self-reflect in our own personal life and recognize how if we dishonor our parents, Lord, it affects our relationship with you, God. Lord, we want to be a church, we want to be a people who show great respect to our moms and dads, whether we're young or whether we're old. We provide, we give care when we're old, and we provide obedience when we're young. Young or old, Lord, 
we are to obey the fifth commandment. Lord, I thank you for bringing us here to church. I pray these words, this fifth commandment, will be sealed in our hearts and will cling to that promise that we will live a long life that lives, lives and honors you. God, we give you this invitation that we will be bold in our response. Lord, you're a heavenly father and we want to honor you with how we respond to you. God, we thank you for bringing us here on Mother's Day worship. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're going to close our service here with an invitation. I invite you to respond to Jesus. Maybe you need, one of the best things you can do is honor your mother by getting saved. If you want to get saved this morning, I stand down front. Zach Bauer stands up here with me. Or maybe you can honor your parents by saying, God, saying Mom, Dad, I'm ready to get involved in a Bible-believing, gospel-teaching church. I'm going to raise my family there and make Broadway my church home. If you've not joined the join this church yet, you walk this aisle and say, Pastor, I'm ready to join the church and make Broadway a church home for me and my family. And let your, let your children know too, says, hey, this is our church for our family that we're going to raise you all and you're going to learn about the Lord. So we're going to stand together. Our band's going to lead us in our song. Zach's going to be standing right here. I'll be standing right here. You respond to Jesus this morning.